right. Welcome to a, another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And without us today, a rare anomaly is our marketing director and my co-host and one of our other coaches, Jen Weibor, who has had a rough night ailing a or a dealing with an ailing pet. So, uh, Jen, the best from all of us for a healthy recovery for Jack. But we do have a really cool guest for you guys today, a repeat guest. I know it's hard to believe we let him back on the show <laughs> again, but from California, welcome Glenn Groves. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Adam. Thanks for uh, having me again. Appreciate oh, it. No, wait, I love having you on the show. It's, it's really like one of the only opportunities I get to see you. We haven't done a whole lot in the way of uh, conference work right. in recent years, pandemic, uh, I got to see you at Lindsay and Brady's wedding. That yes. was a fun little opportunity to hang out. But all in all, I don't get to see as much of you as I used to. And uh, this is one of those rare opportunities. If I can rope you into doing the podcast, then yeah. I get to hang out and shoot the shit. Yeah, well, you know, the market uh, takes a turn <laughs> like it has the last uh, 14 months or so. And we just don't happen to get out like we used to to, <laughs> to well, events. And... It's, it's been about 30 turns. In the last yeah. 14 months. Yes. Yeah. This this thing, the, the real estate and mortgage markets literally are just pivoting on a dime recently. So much volatility yeah. in both. Inventory goes up, then it goes way down again. Mortgage rates go up and they go way down again. I mean, it is just so volatile. Mm -hmm. All of the economic markets are in gross disconnect. It's yes. impossible to track from a consumer perspective or from a layman's perspective what's going on what's going to happen and yeah in order to stay on top of it we have to stay involved in order to keep our clients on top of it educated about it we have to stay involved there's really just no room for that extracurricular activity these days because we all have to be so laser focused on the newest the latest what's moving what's shaking in fact you and i were talking about that before we went live there's a brand new product in california some dpa at 20 percent yeah silent yeah. payments uh with an equity sure. share Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you've got that to deal with because you've got to try and help your clients capture some of what I think you said you figure to be about 2,000 home purchases, give or take. Yeah, will yeah we're allow people to use it. Much. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, something that's just going to keep you on your toes. We talked about that too, as you work half of your day on your feet to try and yeah. keep your mind sharp when the coffee isn't enough. Um, all right. Absolutely. So it's it's been volatile. It's been exciting. Um, I really have kind of embraced what's gone on the last year. Yeah, we're right about 12 months where the volume isn't as insane, mm -hmm. but it's not as boring. It's not as repetitious in, you know, the latter half of 2020, all through 21, you pick up the phone and somebody wanted to refinance. And you say, yeah, yeah, we know you want a lower rate. We'll talk to you in a month. <laughs> we'll call it closing. It'll be 30 days. Now we're actually able to be creative, to solve problems, to really do the things that our activity, our education lends to what we want to do to really help people. Mm -hmm. So I'm really not opposed to the market being like this versus what it was in 20 and 21. Well, from what <clears throat> spring of 20 to spring of 22. I guess would be that two-year yeah. window that was really 
<clears throat> obnoxious. It yeah, was, it it was obnoxious. All right. So I'm guessing, well, let's talk a little bit about structure because yours yeah. is constantly evolving, developing. You're probably going to get your eyes wide like dinner plates when I tell you I've hired a couple of loan originators. No. Uh, most, I know. Most of my friends. No. I know. Adam Smith. <laughs> Growing his company, other than ops, right? Actually, growing the sales side, not just the ops side. Um, and yours is constantly evolving, yeah. growing. Um, obviously, we spend quite a bit of time on the podcast with Ashley, so mm -hmm. she kind of tells us what goes on from a marketing perspective, from a lead gen perspective, those kinds of things. You've probably got a really solid grip on what's changing, evolving, developing, improving from a team structure standpoint, mm -hmm. since those two facets are really big when it comes to what we do here at JTT. I'd love to hear what GTG has been doing since the last time we had you on the show. Yeah. So um, lots of great, great points you're making and it all kind of ties together, right? With constantly pivoting, um, whether it's guidelines being rolled back, uh, the COVID stuff essentially being gone now, which is great. The volatility in the bond markets and uh, MBS and all that, those different pieces. But how does that then tie into what we've been doing team-wise? And <clears throat> with the downturn in volume over the last 12 months or so, we've had to reevaluate, you know, how big of an op staff do we need? Mm. Where do we need to get really sharp? And recently I've brought on a well, we brought on a handful of loan officers um, from New Res, formerly Caliber, formerly oh, right, right. First Priority Financial, which is where uh, we were before Caliber bought us in uh, 2016. So we already had an existing relationships and, and they essentially wound down their Northern California branches. So we had an opportunity to bring a bunch of them back to the broker world. Well, with that brought the reacclimation to broker mm. from people that had been basically institutionalized. <laughs> That's into, a good way to put it. I'm not going to lie. Into retail, right? Right. And so part of that has been making sure that our ops staff can support the needs and wants essentially of those LOs, right? Because, well, at retail, you're like, look, this isn't retail. This is wholesale kind of thing. And they, they all caught on. They'd all been brokers before. But point being is that I've got a personal LOA team of four, and I've now been able to roll in some select loan officers into utilizing that team with me. Part of that is, again, downturn of volume. I don't have as much volume to support that team, but they're such an awesome resource that they were kind of like, look, I'm not, I'm not going to downsize my team because I've invested so much time and I know that they can perform. So I've been able to kind of bolt on some other LOs to get into my system to utilize an existing team that's already there. So it's really just kind of to bring their volume up. Yes. To keep yeah, their workload consistent. Yeah, it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. Sure. You know, where they're going to bring volume in, it's going to help support my team, but it's also going to boost their ability to do even more. So it's been uh, you know, all of 2022 and going into 20 or I should, like you said, spring to spring so far, this 12-month period, it's very much been a, an adapt and overcome attitude, right? Where this hasn't been a, it's a different set of problems where before it was all volume-based, now it is structural and survival-based, right? But without completely tearing everything down that we built the last 
four or five years. So yeah, that's really a challenge. No, it is. But and I think you and I just kind of approach it organically. Longevity in the business, being broker owners. We've mm -hmm. and it's certainly not the first ebb and flow of what's gone on in the business that we've seen. So it, I, I hate to say that it just comes naturally, but because of experience, I think it does. And it's funny you bring this up because now I've got some serious gears turning because <laughs> while it's a natural response for you and I, and obviously many of our colleagues, mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot to be said about the fact that while most of the time we're working on team structure, when most of the time we're talking about business building, and obviously this is a big deal for us because we really want for every one of our coaching clients to be able to build a business that they can walk away from while it still pays them someday. But we've got to maintain in the back of our minds anyway, this kind of a shift. And while we coach our clients on fairly equal delivery of building sales versus building ops, when it is absolutely impossible to get a grip on building sales just because the sales volume industry-wide is down, mm -hmm. you need to focus harder on that in order to maintain the level of ops that you've been building, in theory, simultaneously to building sales. And that was easy to do during 20 and 21. Mm -hmm. And again, over the last 12 months, in volume down across the entire industries, mortgages, real estate. But in the interest of protecting ops, we have to shift that focus heavier to sales mm -hmm. in order to support ops. And that's exactly what you said. I just don't think we've ever really broken it down so that our coaching clients, so that people that are working on building these businesses that they can walk away from while it still pays them, have, it. I don't know, we just hadn't laid it out verbally. We hadn't laid it out in writing. It just well, you know, comes naturally to us. Yeah, you know, and I think that... Um... I think that the other thing to understand, too, is that we've all seen that quick turn in the market, whether it's rates drop or something where salespeople can just kind of like resurrect and come out of the woodwork to be like, hey, oh, I've got five deals all of a sudden. Right. The ops is a much slower burn of yes. training, and it takes a lot longer to build that trust and knowledge base there to where they can accurately handle, you know. 15, 30 files, whatever the structure is, everybody's processors and LOAs do different stuff. But the point is, is that I've got kind of the, the end of year scenarios in the back of my head right now, right? Where like right now it's like, okay, we're coming kind of into primetime spring, but I'm like, what if these loan officers all pop off, right? We're mm. right now we're like, hey, we're, we're sitting okay with capacity. I'm like, yeah, but what if what if we have a drop and we're sitting in the mid fives or high fives for interest rates? All of a sudden, there's going to be all these opportunities. We're going to get overwhelmed again. And so it's so hard to hit. I think it's coming. Yeah, it's so hard to hit that Goldilocks zone of ops to sales ratio, right? And we saw this huge drop last year where it was like everybody. I don't care who you are, unless you're self processing or using contract processing, you were overstaffed for ops. We all got caught last year at some point being overstaffed for ops just because of the volume dip and what we've been building to. So being broker owners, it's like, hey, we're having to think, all right, I'm, I'm thinking third, fourth quarter. 
right now at the end of the first quarter, right? Because everything is too late if we're trying to adapt right now to to what's happening to this market. So because um, ops are, they're going to become extremely valuable again when volume comes up, just like I'm sure you saw the same thing I did in 2020. I mean, a processor could go out there and demand a king's ransom, right? For because we knew that there was so much blow by there was so much margin we were missing by just not paying them whatever they wanted and get it in. Now it's the the inverse where it's kind of like I don't know where they would get a job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's very like, true. So it's this just big and and again, this all ties back to hey, this is the fastest rate increase we've seen ever. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Fed is just tightening until they're breaking stuff. So we're constantly just having to just kind of be like, what's next? What's what's happening? <laughs> if it so, jams, force it. If it breaks, it needed replacing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the Fed does too. Okay, so let's assume that you're correct. And I believe that you are. I believe it's beyond assumption at this point. Uh, we've all kind of got this target of mid-May where all of the economic data culminates. And that happens twice a year. We saw it in November. We had an enormous drop in rates. In a single day, products dropped a point to two, depending on the product. We'll probably something see something similar in Maine. It'll probably carry through this busy season. So I'm a broker owner. Uh, wholesale retail aside, I manage a team. I'm the uh, sales manager for a team at Fairway or even at Keller Williams or whatever the case may be. If I can have that little bit of foresight, things are going to shift come May, June, July. August, maybe longer. Mm -hmm. What should I be doing now to prepare? I mean, my biggest thing is making sure we can clear the runway and have the crash cruise ready. <laughs> like <laughs> okay. this, because, you know, uh, all spoken this like stuff, a true ex service member. Yeah, soft landing, hard landing, whatever. Uh, things are going to shift again. And so um, we've been heavy, you know, over the winter, it was just absolutely dead. Like, December timeframe, the most I had seen in five, six years where usually it's like, okay, it slows down December, but it was just dead. And so we really embraced training, right? And this ties back to what you were talking about. The, the first part of there's so many changes going on. We have to stay ultra sharp with, Hey, VA is lowering the, you know, funding fee, FHA is lowering the um, monthly. Um, that's going to bring a lot of scenarios into fruition. All these down payment assistance programs, first time home buyer waiving LLPAs, you know, all these different moves um, to a sharp loan officer can generate business by just keeping referral partners in the know with stuff. That being said, I don't think they should be afraid to retain or even explore uh, bringing on a solid ops per, uh, person because right now you can kind of have your pick of the litter. I mean, shit, you can go get an underwriter to be uh, a processor, LOA, like a, a processor. rock star processor type yeah. stuff yeah. Um, right now. But just as the conversation goes with us, you know, being like, look, I know rates suck right now, but there's not as much competition out there as a result. Like talking to buyers, right? Do you want to wait for rates to come down? So competition ramps up and that monthly savings that you could have been staring at might get washed out with price increments. Sure. Yeah. You know, going up. It's the same thing with ops. 
it's right now you might have to eat it a little bit on the balance or i mean on the pnl right with a cost to bring somebody on but if you can get somebody in now get them trained up you, you're going to be sitting pretty you know you, you will have quarter. a better summer yes for sure so is it a risk yeah it's all a risk right but do you if you're going to sit there and pinch the penny pinch the bottom line to the point of we're going to be pulling your hair out for a completely different reason in the third quarter or fourth quarter because of volume again um my thing all comes back to reputation right and i don't want my reputation to get tarnished or damaged by not being able to serve a client get the job or, done you know or have a referral partner be like well you used to be able to do this, but I guess, I guess you just can't handle all of my business uh, type thing. So it's there's so many different like moving pieces to to this equation. And I know a lot of your viewers are probably like, cool, I, I just want to do loans. That, that's totally, <laughs> you know, and it's like I get it. This is a whole different hat that we're that we're talking about wearing. So, well, yes and no. I mean, in reality, and we see a lot of this with real estate agents and even with some mortgage originators, but. I mean, I know of real estate agents in their 80s still putting signs out in yards. Yeah. Really, you guys, if you... Is it for the love of the game? No. Is it? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it is not. It's because that's I have the, to. Right. That's the yeah. problem. If you haven't invested your time in building up ops, building up a sales team, building up your business, and anybody involved in either of these arenas should be focused on the fact that you're a business owner. You really do need to run it like you run a business. Mm -hmm. The individual real estate agent working for a big brand name company needs to understand that they basically are running a business. Mm -hmm. Same with the, the Fairway LO or the uh, even the Wells Fargo mortgage originator, although they've been cutting those yeah. pretty dramatically <laughs> as well. Um, so, but we could probably do an entire episode on Wells Fargo missteps and... Um, <laughs> I, I will say that Glenn has never opened a fake account in a client's name. Thank you. Yes. And uh, we unfortunately can't say the same. Maybe, the same maybe input their data on bank rate. Maybe. But... Maybe. <laughs> right. And I do think that there's something that I kind of want to address that you mentioned. Because um, you let it slip that, yes, I know rates suck. But do they? Now, here, here's I mean, the they problem. in October, right? Okay. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, when it peaked in October, it was a nightmare. Now but they look great. You, the reality of this is you and I both live in very high-cost areas. Mm -hmm. Northern California, Denver, Colorado, these are places where we've pretty much eliminated the ability to buy a starter home. Mm -hmm. they, they just don't exist. We've priced it out of the market. And there's a major supply and demand issue that has gone on for, well, for some of the reasons have been centuries long, like Americans don't do multi-generational living. They do that in Europe, in Asia, in Latin America, pretty much everywhere else. We all have to have our own space. Um, the boomers, and I'm not calling out boomer behavior. It's just that it's an enormous population. They're all living longer, staying in their homes longer. We don't have any inventory returning to market. The only bigger population is the millennials. They're all of homeowning age. The builders don't build at the pace that they used to. We're just going to have a supply and demand problem forever. Mm -hmm. Probably for the rest of my career, if not the rest of my life. Okay, so that aside, because the supply and demand issue is obviously going to continue to drive values 10% a year, 20% a year. It could continue to be this insane for a long, long time. 
And that little piece aside, if we actually had a healthy economy, and I don't want to say that we do, because I don't think we have since the Industrial Revolution, <laughs> we just have we just have this pendulum that swings back and yeah, yeah. forth, and you try to catch it in the middle or to where it's swinging in your favor. But where we are right now is probably about where mortgage rates should be if we had a healthy economy. Yeah, but I we agree. spend so much time, effort, political, corporate, on and on. We've spent so much time falsely suppressing inflation and debt markets and falsely inflating investment markets and so on and so forth that it's hard to see. It's really hard to see the forest through the trees when it comes to where the economy should be and what a healthy economy looks like. But I think if we had one, rates probably should be five, sixes, which is kind of where we're at. I agree. And it just takes a zoom out a little bit. Right. Yeah, right. let's look at it from a bigger elevation. Yeah. And that's the problem with um with every, you know, almost everything is instant gratification now keep scrolling type thing. So yeah. when you have the shock to the system like interest rates going up essentially 3 3 and a half percent in 12 months, I mean, that's an absolute shock and you're like, well, it was a very, you know, it was an ice bath essentially. It was an ice bath. <laughs> you know? But it was and the direct result of off. the inflation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's really why we're seeing it. And the inflation, I don't know, peaked at what, 10%? Some, somewhere yeah, in that high, neighborhood? In the nine, somewhere. Yeah, I can't and remember, it, but it was just, does it matter anymore? It doesn't I mean, it's going to be around, but, it's going to be around for, they're going to start printing again. Of course. You know, to bail out who's next commercial real estate, you know, and that shoe drops later this year with leases coming up and stuff. I mean, there's always gonna be some sort of perpetual crisis that, that means that they need to uh, print money, you know, well, inflation's perpetual not and cyclical. Yes. It's just, these issues are going to come around again, but in reality, we figure inflation to be two to 3% per year. That's what we've always believed. We falsely suppressed it for 20 years. And so when it jumps 10%, yeah, we're all in a panic. Mm -hmm. But it probably should have been a lot more. It just wasn't gradual. Yeah. We can, Delayed the pain. We yeah. can stomach it better when it's gradual. Exactly. Yeah. So very unique stuff. Although I do like the direction we're headed here in this conversation and it's probably going to have to be the next episode that we do i'll make sure mm -hmm. we get jen on top of that and book you out for whatever her yeah. current calendar is but there's going to be a change in the commercial world as well mm -hmm. commercial yeah. leasing commercial purchasing commercial interest rates we know those commercial interest rates typically follow suit with about an 18 month lag yeah, I was about to say, you know, and I'm I'm nowhere near as well versed on commercial as I am on on residential. I'm just hearing, starting to hear the rumblings on different podcasts and different things where they're like, hey, these people locked in really cheap debt in 18, 19, 20. And, you know, it's coming home to roost now. And without the occupancy rates, you know, all these different things, you're like, it's just going to wipe the equity off of those commercial buildings. That's like, that's an interesting, I, I just didn't, it's one of those ripple effects, essentially. Oh, absolutely. COVID, you know? Right. Of course. And it's yeah, like, and I, I think that's an important point just for our general audience. 
vacancy is huge when we're content when we're considering commercial valuation models. Mm -hmm. You will see buildings that would rather stay empty, have vacant space, than rent it cheaper than what would they would normally get because the vacancy or the discounted rate are huge factors in commercial property valuation. So mm -hmm. yeah, that is a very big deal, no question. Yeah, and these aren't 30 year. <laughs> no, aren't that's 30 -year another mortgages. piece of the puzzle that people don't understand is the typical yeah. commercial mortgage is five years. Yeah, so this stuff's coming home now and it's like, you know, if they locked in that cheap debt, they're underwater. You know, when those things come to, come to either adjust or they need to refinance, it's just gonna be ugly. And then what? You know, I mean, I keep hearing, oh, downtown San Francisco, the financial district is only 40, 50 percent occupied wow. and all the coffee shops are shut down. You know, all the stuff that was built around the business traffic, if you will. Sure. Right. It's just a wasteland plus the homeless. You know, there's a lot of other issues that go into that. But you're like, great. Another. <laughs> what else? You know, so. Oh, we're going to come up with a whole host of problems between yeah. now and then. If yeah. we've learned anything over the last few years, it's that we live in a very unpredictable world. Oh, man. The last, just the last four months, right? It's been like, hey, what's going on with the FTX thing? It's like he's totally kind of gotten buried under the news cycle of spy balloons and UFOs and bank crises and, you know, the war in, you know, Russia, Ukraine. You're like, good Lord train derailments what else can we yeah, it, it can we pile on here list. the fear yeah, factor uh, so okay so now we're going to get into a whole new subject and we have to understand that the media is part of the entertainment industry <laughs> they want to sell their shit just like you and i do the big problem there and it may have been for a lot of people in our industry as well maybe even to a degree you and me is that that peak of the pandemic, let's call it that latter three quarters of 2020, was an opportunity for the media to gorge. Mm -hmm. We were all glued to screens for months on mm -hmm. end, and they got a real taste of what that could be like. So now they want it. You know, they, That's a great, great point. Yeah. Now they want to spike a vein for it. I mean, they need yeah. that drug. They got a huge, and, and so did people in mortgages and real estate. We got an enormous influx of business, of capital, of liquidity, of income. Unfortunately, I know a lot of people that also took on a lot of debt <laughs> uh, in that window as well um, that are now struggling, suffering, or even out of the business. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they're ca the, the media is capitalistic. There's no question. So I think it's important for them to sell their wares. And if it means having to highlight train derailments and uh spy balloons get eyeballs yeah that get eyeballs then well, so be it well i mean that's a great point adam because you think about it and you, you relate that directly to our business and you go well what has transpired over the last eight to 12 months to artificially try and buoy volume that we had had previously in 2020 2021 temporary buy downs that's not yeah. artificial but it's no way back in vogue you know these some of these lenders it's coming and, and going month by month but yes you know week by week in some markets right. hey we got fifteen thousand dollars sell credit the next one hey uh we lost out to all cash 10 offers uh you 50 know, grand like, above asking you're like what yeah. um 
but you know, some of these lenders, some of these bigger lenders are rolling out, you know, incentives based on the metrics of files you're sending. Hey, we'll juice your pricing. I mean, it's kind of hard to keep up with even on our side, like, Hey, this wholesaler is going to give us an eighth until this date. This one's going to give you a quarter on this loan and then an eighth on this one. This one, you get 40 bips, but you got to use it by the 31st of March, you know, like all these different things. And it's, it's cool. They're, they're moving, trying to do stuff. And at the end, it all means a better deal for the consumer, but it's like trying to get that fix, you know, of, Ooh, I got a rate in the fives <laughs> now instead of six and a half or something. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we've seen buyers get acclimated to, uh, just like you had said, we're kind of normalized rates wise, but it was just such a shock to the system that there was that immediate knee jerk reaction of, yeah, uh, don't like that. Don't like that. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, same thing with media. It's been a roller coaster. Fixed. Yeah. No question. All right. So you knew full well, having been on the show before, that we were going to burn through 30 minutes in the blink sure. of an eye, and we did. And I'm going to be really good about it because usually I got Jen, uh, you know, sending Thank me you know. notes or winking at me. Yeah. Saying, hey, you know, five minutes, <laughs> two minutes, whatever. Uh, we try our best to not ramble on and on. But this has been ridiculously constructive. It's yeah. not all that often that we get to really focus on team structure. We do at JTT, but when we're talking about the podcast, we tend to focus most of our efforts and energies on lead gen mm -hmm. rather than on team structure. Both have to be important. Again, if you want to build a business you can walk away from while it still pays you, you better learn how to lead gen. You better learn how to teach your salespeople what you learned. Mm -hmm. And you better have ops in place to handle that volume. So thank you for that. It's uh, a nice twist. And of course, uh, well, Glenn, you're just my hero. So <laughs> I, I, I want to be, be Glenn Groves of GTG Financial sure, where sure. I grow up. All right. So uh, with that, let me uh, figure out all the things Jen would do in closing. And I think most of it would just circumnavigate around Use our text code, text tips to 63566, and it'll ping you back. Information about our two big annual events. We're coming up on Social Media Day Denver, and also in the fall, the Mile High Mastermind. Uh, Social Media Day is a single day event at the uh, Auraria campus in downtown Denver. Uh, the Mile High Mastermind, really more focused for loan originators and real estate agents. That's a two day event at the University of Denver. And I know that you can use that text code to get more episodes of this podcast, which I know Jen had been doing on Spotify and Apple and as of last week on Amazon. So we'll see how Amazon handles their podcasts. I know you can get a copy of my book using that link. Uh, also, just the tips. Um, and yeah, there's probably other things in there because Jen's the marketing mastermind and mm -hmm. I am kind of the puppet. So um, <laughs> we'll go with that. Glenn, thank you. I know carving out this kind of time on a Monday morning is no small task. I promise Great we will have you. you back on the show. Finally got to see you again. It is not often enough. I can't remember the last time I saw you in person. Yeah. Was that, was uh, that wedding? Yeah. Yeah. In Monterey. That wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is a year and a half. No, is it that long? Jeez. I, yeah. 
I guess so. <clears throat> okay, so time flies when you're having fun, or time's yeah. fun when you're having flies, either way. So, Glenn, <laughs> thank you again. Hang out for just a second. I'm going to figure out how to run our extra, and I will see you guys next week. You can catch live episodes of How I Met Your Mortgage at 1030 Mountain Time on Mondays, and we will see you guys next time.